Uh, for the last um, couple of years, the first Sunday of the month uh, has been at 4 p.m. rather than at 10.30. Uh, and these uh, 4 p.m. services have not been a part of our normal preaching series. They, we've, um, and our plan, th certainly through to Easter, is that we carry on that practice of having these first Sundays in the month as being something a little bit different uh, from our main teaching series. One of the main reasons for doing, thinking that way is that when you're trying to plan at least a term, if not a term and a half or two terms in advance, uh, having at least one week in the month where you can be a bit flexible and you can put something in uh, when something unexpected comes up or do something a little bit differently, it's just quite nice having that space uh, to be able to do that. And one of the things that we would like to do on... Uh, so one of the things that we would like to do on these first Sundays is potentially use them to uh, talk about any issues that you think you'd like to listen to. And so maybe you've sat there Sunday by Sunday by Sunday and thought, if only we had some teaching on X, Y, or Z, uh, but it never seems to come up in the series that we do, then now would be the opportunity uh, to, to do that. You're, gonna, you're getting a piece of paper, and so by that you will have clocked that you're going to have to do some work at some point in the service uh, but in the bottom right-hand corner, there is a little section that says, um, uh, what does it say, Sharon? <laughs> yes, so I think it'd be really helpful if one Sunday we could. And so there's a chance there for you to write something in that on that piece of paper to rip that section or cut that section out, give it to me or send me an email uh, or just stick that piece of paper under my uh, office door if you don't want me to know who's suggesting. I'm not promising that we'll do, we'll, we'll answer your questions or do them. It depends on what, whether they look like being beneficial or not. Sorry? I didn't do enough. Oh, uh, some of you will need to share. So, uh, <laughs> there's a mad rush of people getting rid of bits of paper. <laughs> you will need them. Whether, whether you've got a piece of paper or not, you will have to do some group work uh, later on. Um, so, if, you, if you've got a theme or a topic, that you, a burning issue that you think it would be really good if we could look at this on a Sunday morning, put it in that section, let me have it, um, and we will look at how we can do that on one of these first Sundays in the month. Now, uh, some of you, I know, pay attention, and some of you even join the dots up from the things that I say. And so you're thinking, you've told us it's the first Sunday in the month, You've told us that on the first Sunday in the month, we don't do our normal preaching series, which is really great because at the moment we're doing Isaiah and I don't like the Old Testament, but our Bible reading came from Isaiah 55. And so you're thinking, hang on a minute, are we going to do Isaiah today or not? Uh, some of you who are really switched on will think, and you probably remember this because Graham's sermons are always a lot more memorable than my sermons, uh, you'll remember that a few weeks ago, Graham had like the bag with the bottles of wine and the bread with the chocolate spread on. Uh, and, you're, and some of you who are, were really paying attention will think, well, I, uh, Graham preached on Isaiah 55. Surely you're not going to preach on Isaiah 55 uh, again. But I do just want to kind of use this verse, Isaiah 55 verse 8, as a launching pad into something else. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. 
Um, I don't know how many of you follow the memory verses on the website or on social media um, each week, but you may, over the last two or three weeks, had another hang-on moment, thinking, well, at the beginning of the year, I signed up, not literally, I signed up to learn these memory verses. One a week, you said. And yet, for the last three weeks, the memory verses have been either four or three verses a week. That's more than I signed up with, uh, signed up for. Um, but I'd encourage you, if you're already doing it, stick with it. If you're not already doing it, get with it. Start where we are. Um, uh, one of the problems with the internet and kind of social media and the church website is that you put all this stuff out there and you've got absolutely no idea whether anyone ever looks at it at all. Uh, and so if you do have any memory verse feedback, I would appreciate it because it might shape what we do next year. Uh, but for the last few weeks uh, on the memory verses, we've been looking at the Beatitudes and, and you've been encouraged to learn Matthew 5, uh, 3 to 12, the Beatitudes, these sections that we read earlier on, blessed are the poor in spirit, etc., etc. Uh, this is part of um, a wider chunk of Matthew known as the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, it's a long passage, Matthew 5, Matthew 6, Matthew 7. Jesus is teaching his disciples. They're up a mountain, and so the people who write the headings in our Bibles that weren't there in the original imaginatively came up with the title of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and so that's when we talk about the Sermon on the Mount, we're talking about the words that Jesus spoke in Matthew 5, Matthew 6, and Matthew chapter 7. Albert Einstein is quoted as saying, never memorize something you can look up in a book. Um, now, that's not what he actually said, so he is misquoted uh, there. But we have unprecedented access to the Bible. Uh, those of you that have a phone in your pocket um, will have access, almost instant access, to all kinds of Bible translations. You will have access to the Bible in all kinds of languages. And even if you can only remember one or two words from a verse, the search features will allow you within a minute or two to find the verse that you are looking for. But even so... I would still encourage us, as one of our spiritual disciplines, to commit to learning Bible verses. And once you've started on that journey, uh, to start learning bigger chunks. So things like the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, 3 to 12, or Psalm 23, or the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6. So more than just one verse um, at a time. It might take a few weeks to do a chunk, but there, it's, it's, it's worthwhile doing it. Um, if all of this talk of memory verses and it's, it reminds you of revision at school and flashcards and, uh, and, and you're thinking, well, my faith is about a relationship. It's about a relationship with Jesus. It's not about things that I have to do. Then if that's your attitude, then I would encourage you to spend a little bit of time this week exploring what you think or what the Bible th means when it talks about being a disciple of a rabbi called Jesus. And have a look at some of the language that is there. Um, for those of you that like a challenge, I would like to encourage you to think about learning the whole of the Sermon on the Mount in 20 
24. So use the whole of next year to learn all of Matthew 5, Matthew 6, and Matthew 7. Because it's not just the knowing it that is important. It's the process of learning it that is really, really valuable. Um, the daily review of the most recent verses, the weekly review of the, and then the monthly review of the more distant verses, it means that the words will get into you in a way that they simply will not if you just simply read a chapter a day on your phone as you're on the bus or the train going into work. So the process of learning it is probably as if not more important than the fact of actually knowing it at the end. And as I've spent time in the Sermon on the Mount uh, this year, uh, I've had many, many thoughts about many, many things. But this verse from Isaiah 55, verse 8, kind of sums them up. This almost overwhelming sense that of the need to rethink almost absolutely everything. The realization that in so many areas of my life, the default, kind of the way that I just instinctively think or act or do, is way out of line with God's ways and with God's thoughts. The way that I think, the way that I act, they're not what God would want. For those of you that are concerned that we're just about to launch into a study of three chapters of Matthew and you're thinking that at this rate, my tea as well as my lunch is going to be at Jeopardy, we're just going to look at a few verses, so don't worry. Uh, and as I said, you've got a piece of paper in front of you, the young people are in, so you're going to be doing some work in just a moment. Um, on the piece of paper, so the pencils, if you don't have, no one's going to come to church without an implement for writing, but just in case they have, if you could give a pencil out. Um, if you could get into little groups in just a moment, the young people, I'm going to encourage you with Adam to come forward and just kind of work in a little group over here. Um, but you will see on the piece of paper, there's two boxes. There's a, um, uh, on your piece of paper, um, you have got kind of like in the middle, you've got the text from Matthew 5, chapter 3 to 12. And what I would like you to do is I'm going to give you four or five minutes, so not very, very long. Um, I'd like you to read through again Matthew 5, 3 to 12. And then in the pink box at the top, have a discussion and answer the question, how does Jesus' use of the word blessed differ from the way that you think about being blessed? And then if you've got time, take one line from the Beatitudes. So one of the ones that starts blessed are the, and then just kind of explore it and then write down what you think Jesus is talking about. Uh, just in case I forget, the fish and chips are there for the takeaway, that you're gonna, what you're going to take away from today. So if there's anything that strikes you uh, as you're going along, write it in the green section so, um, so yeah, so if you get into groups, so young people, I'm going to encourage you to all come here as a group, and then you can work with Adam. If you have anyone else who's feeling young can join you. Um, I'm going to give you about four or five minutes to do that. Right, okay. Um, 
so we're nearly done. I'm not going to go around and uh, get feedback from each group because then our time will be totally gone. Uh, what I'd encourage you to do is when we're over having coffee or in home groups or in any conversations that you're having with people this week, if, you've got, if you're talking to someone who's not in the group with you at the moment, then why not ask them during coffee time uh, what they talked about, which of the lines from the Beatitudes um, they, they picked out and discussed. I just very, very briefly want to pick out a couple just to flag up uh, with um, some stuff. Um, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those of you that have been watching the news this week will have known that. Um, our Prime Minister spent some time talking to Elon Musk about AI and how that we're, none of us are going to need to work in the future because the computers are going to do everything. Uh, hunger and thirsting for righteousness is something that should be, give us purpose in life. You know, work isn't a consequence of the fall. Adam and Eve were to work the garden before the fall. Work is part of what it means to be a Christian and to be a human being created in the image of God. Uh, and so serving and working are things that we shouldn't be looking to avoid because they are part, an essential part of who we are. And so I'm just going to drop that one there for you to think about um, but feel free to ignore Elon Musk and Rishi Sunak uh, as often as you want. Um, I'm also just going to pick up and um, verse 4. Um, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And I had these thoughts in my head at the beginning of the week, not at the end of the week. Um, I've been, um, at the end of this year, I will have been here for 10 years. And I will have been a minister uh, for 22 years. And it no longer surprises me, but I remember in my first few years, uh, we were in quite a big church in, in North London. Um, and so did a lot of weddings and also did a lot of funerals. Um, and I can remember as I talked to people, people who had been Christians for years and years and years, and people who had been in church literally all their lives. Uh, and I would be surprised at the way that they thought about death. Uh, the ways that they thought about death had much more to do with our culture and our society than anything that the Bible had to say. And we live in a society where death is one of those things that we don't like to talk about. We don't want to think about it. And I think that's one of the reasons why the pandemic was so hard for so many people, because we were suddenly confronted with the unavoidable reality of death. And the fact we were reminded that we all will die at some point, that death is inevitable. Uh, but as a society, we spend millions, if not billions, uh, of pounds trying to put off the inevitable. Um, and even as Christians, we think of that we, 
we think and we behave as if this world is more real than the world that is to come. I was watching a, a video recently with Francis Chan, and he had this really long white rope on the stage. And at the end of the rope, he had a little bit of red tape around one end of the rope. And he was simply making the point that eternity is an awfully long time, the white rope. And in contrast, the red tape, our life, is really, really short, really, really insignificant in terms of the whole. And yet we spend all of our energy focusing on the red bit and not thinking about the white bit. In a couple of weeks' time, we're going to be looking with Isaiah into the future. And we're going to be thinking about what is to come. And we're going to pick up some of these themes when we do that. But just not so not to leave you hanging. Uh, the bottom line is, is that because of Jesus, there is good news. Uh, for those of us who have put our hope and trust in Jesus, we do have hope for the future. And we have hope and we have purpose in the present. There is so much that I could go on and talk about. Um, I'm not going to. You'll be relieved to know. I'm going to pray. And I would encourage you to go away and to read all of Matthew. If you've got nothing else to do this week, uh, or if you've got nothing else to do that's important, uh, read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Um, and just kind of, yeah, just read. It'll talk to you itself. I don't need to. I'm going to pray.